Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. Howdy folks and welcome back to Grass Talk Radio. In this episode, we're going to answer a question that I received and I've heard many times. And the question is, can you teach an old dog new tricks? Now, let's talk about the question first. When I say an old dog, you might think I'm talking about, can you teach a 62-year-old man to play the banjo? I, I will talk about that, but I'm also going to talk about what constitutes an old dog. An old dog is a dog that has a lot of ingrained habits. And you don't have to be 70 years old to have ingrained habits. You could be playing only three years and have a lot of habits. Hopefully they're good habits. So, the question sent in to me by a listener, by the way. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? My answer is yes, but... You can teach an old dog new tricks, but it is hard to break old habits. You've probably heard the old saying, old habits die hard. And it is so true. So, I want to suggest, if you're pretty new to playing bluegrass, if you've just started, if you classify yourself as a beginner or maybe an intermediate player, please, 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 take advantage of your inexperience and try to establish good habits right now, early. Because you're now building the habits. You're, you're creating the type of player that you will be 25 years from now. That doesn't happen 25 years from now. You're doing it right now. You're laying the foundation. So if you're a beginner, take advantage of that and try to learn correctly to the, develop good habits and try to do that early. Now you might be surprised, even if you've only been playing a short while, you might be surprised how much experience you're already getting. And, and let's just briefly, I'm going to step aside and talk about how we learn things. Physical things, physical movement of the body. We learn that through repetition. If you play Let's say we have a person who has played exactly one note on a mandolin. And for a mandolin player, there was a time right after that first note when that was you. You'd played one note. Now, at that point, you have not developed any kind of habits at all. But if you play 100 notes or 1,000 notes or 10,000 notes, you're beginning to train your subconscious and your learning habits, motions. So we're going to take a look here. I'm going to use a mandolin student as this example, but it could be any instrument. It could even be learning physical skills that have nothing to do with music. But for our purposes here, I'm going to imagine a beginning mandolin student who's been playing a month, one month. And he has primarily been practicing a little tune called Sally Gooden. And he has practiced that tune over the last 30 days 
for a total of about 10 hours. And, and that would amount to a half hour a day, five days a week for a month. He would rack up 10 hours of mileage. Now that tune, if you played eight eighth notes per measure, and there are 16 measures in the tune, would be a total number of pick strokes, a downstroke, an upstroke, a downstroke, an upstroke, a downstroke, an upstroke. The, the grand total in that one repetition of the song is 128 pick strokes. So let's say over the course of a month, he put in 10 hours of practice of playing Sally Good. So 10 hours times 60 minutes is 600 minutes. He has 600 minutes of practice, quote unquote. And let's say he's playing the song at 80 beats a minute. He may have actually practiced it at 40, at 60, at 80, at 100. But for these purposes, we'll say he's doing 80 beats a minute. So you take 600 minutes of practice playing steady eighth notes at 80 beats a minute, and that equals 48,000 beats. Because it's 80 beats a minute times 600 minutes, that's 48,000 beats. And he's playing four pick strokes per beat. So 48,000 times four is 192,000 pick strokes. So here's this guy. He's playing one song, and he's doing a great job of practicing. I wish I could get more of my students to practice a half hour a day. But let's say he did that. So at the end of the month, he has accumulated 190,000 repetitions of eighth notes. Downstroke, upstroke. So he is already ingraining into his subconscious mind how to play, how to play streams of eighth notes anyway, which is primarily what mandolin players do. It's primarily what banjo players do. They just use a different technique to churn out those notes. But the truth is, here's a guy only been playing a month and he's already ingraining habits. And I hope he is because if you're not ingraining habits, you're not learning. You're not learning physically how to play if you're not establishing subconscious control of your playing. And if you play Sally Gooden and you play those notes, 192,000 pick strokes, you're already establishing habits. Let's hope they're good habits because the, the, what you're establishing now, that's what you will be 25 years from now. So I'm trying to stress the importance of get it right early. Okay, let's take a look at me. If all I did was practice at the same speed for 10 hours a month, and I multiply that by 40 years, because I've been playing for 40 years. 40 years times 12 months is 480 months, so... If I were racking up 192,000 practice pick strokes times 480, that is 92,160,000 pick strokes. Now, who do you think has a better chance of 
changing the way they play. The guy that's played 192,000 pick strokes or the guy that's played 92 million pick strokes? I would say the fewer pick strokes you have, the better chance you have of altering how you do things. So let's compare three players. Player A, he has a grand total on his lifetime notes counter of 192 notes. He's got plenty of room to change things. His subconscious is not yet fully convinced of how he's going to play in the future. Student B, he's got 192,000 notes. He can still overcome that. He can, he can rack up 300,000 notes doing it a different way and completely wipe out that 192,000 notes doing it maybe not so good. C, he's got 192 million notes. He's going to have a lot more difficulty making changes. So what do you do with that guy with 192 million notes? And by the way, my personal note count, I worked it out one time, I would say it's in excess of 10 times that amount. And the reason is, is for many years, I practiced more than a half hour a day. I can recall days of eight hours of playing. I can also recall days of not playing and months of not playing. But I was, when I, especially early on, I was practicing a lot. And not only, I didn't just play a half hour a day. As I, as I turned into a musician, shall we say, and I joined a band or started a band or went to bluegrass festivals and so on, you know, in the, for half of my 40 years, I was averaging two to three gigs a week. Let's say the average one was three hours long and we played 13 songs in an hour and I played X number of rhythm chops and X number of lead solos and kickoffs and all this stuff. I actually sat down one time and added up my estimate of how many notes I had played. Way over 500 million. I, I don't remember the number, so don't quote me on that. But the point is that 192 million that's just getting started. You may knock out a billion notes in your lifetime. <laughs> when I worked out these numbers, I was telling one of the guys in the band, I said, you know, hey, I've worked this all out. And I showed him the piece of paper. We play X number of gigs times so many hours, and each song averages 100 beats a minute, and I play a blah, 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 blah. And I had all this worked out, and I told him the number, and I said, it's no wonder I'm tired. But the thing I came away from, I think my takeaway point from, from that exercise is, then I thought, okay, over the 40 years, how many picks have I gone through? There were years when I, back when I was using tortoiseshell that I would use a pick for four or five years. But add in all the plastic picks, I would say probably less than 200, maybe, there was a time when I was using uh, Fender Mediums and Fender Heavies, and I would go through those pretty rapidly. I remember a couple of times buying 144 at a time. But let's just say uh, 250 picks. If you take half a billion notes and divide it by the number of picks, I was just amazed by how long picks last. They really last crazy lengths of time. Anyway, that's... 
That's the way aside. So let me give you some advice as if you want my advice. If you are a beginner, your odometer of how many notes you've played is way, way low. Please take advantage of that. Learn good habits now, early. Now, if you're in the middle, if you've been playing a little while, a few years, and you, you just haven't trouble, you can't play as fast as you want to, or you have trouble using your pinky, you know, things like that, stop what you're doing. Go back. Go back to the beginning and try to relearn. Let's say you've accumulated a million notes. That is your conscious mind training your subconscious and by repeating something a million times. How do you get that out of your brain? How do you, how do you unlearn? Well, the way to unlearn is to, number one, stop doing what you were doing. Because every time you keep repeating the way you used to do it, you're going to keep convincing your subconscious that that's the way. You're going to have a million and one and a million and two and a million and three of the wrong way. And it's going to say, well, he's still using this, so I should store it and keep it. You have to stop doing it the way you used to do it. And you have to start doing it the way you want to do it. And bear in mind that the later you do this, the more work you have ahead of you. Let's say you play the mandolin and you anchor your pinky on the top. And you reach a point in your playing where you say, this is really hurting me. I can't, I can't. It's, it's my, this is my problem of touching with the pinky. And by the way, there are plenty of people who touch with, with put a finger down who play great. So I'm just using this as an example. Let's say for you, you think I got to stop putting my pinky down when I play lead. Okay, so you make that decision. How you reach that decision is up to you. But you want to change that habit. You have absolutely, from that point forward, you must stop doing it. That's number one, because every time you do it the old way, you're retaining that in your subconscious, and you've got this huge, massive amount of repetitions doing it the old way, and it's going to be hard to kick that out of your mind. So you got to stop, and then... You have to do it the new way, and you've got to accumulate enough repetitions to replace the old ones. So if you have a million repetitions the old way, you might need two million repetitions to finally convince your subconscious, A, he's not using the old way anymore. He, he never puts his pinky down anymore. Huh, well, we'll just put that over in a corner of the mind. He keeps doing it this way. He's doing it the new way. My God, he's done it two million times the new way. Maybe I can just, that old way, I'm just going to send that out. Delete in the trash can, hit empty trash. That's what you do on a Macintosh. It's not nearly as easy with your brain. So, if you're in the middle, and the middle could be, you've been playing six months to 15 years. You know, that's a rubber band. It's stretch. It's stretchable. And it depends on what you're trying to change. Some things are easier to change than others. Won't go into all that right now. Some things are really easy to change, and I've 
in the future, I'll talk about some of those things. So you got to stop what you were doing. Only do the new way and give it long enough to a, see if it really works. And the way you'll know it's working is when you've forgotten how to do it the old way. And it's hard. It is hard and expect a long, difficult road to do that. But you cannot go back. If you, you have to be convinced that what you're doing is the smart thing to do. It could be that, hey, maybe something else could help you playing. Maybe it's okay you put your pinky down, you do something different. So, But if you want to change something about the way you play, you need to make as many repetitions of the new way as you did the old. And I would just take a rough guess. Maybe you need to do two to five times as many repetitions of the new way to completely wipe out the memory of the old way. That's hard. And that's why I once again say, if you're a beginner, try to learn correctly early. Okay, now what about the old dog? The old dog, he's been playing a long, long, long time. Somebody like me. Well, the same thing is true. I could wipe out all my past, you know, all of my subconscious training. I could wipe that out. I might be losing a lot of good stuff in the process, trying to fix one little problem. Maybe for that guy, for that guy that's been playing 30 years. And frankly, I doubt there's many people playing 30 years who are in my audience. But let's just assume one drifts by. I'm just going to tell you the truth. You're probably not going to be able to change how you physically play. Hate to tell you that. However, there are there is some good news. The good news is, if you've been at it for 30 or 40 years, you can improve your musical performance, but it might not involve physically changing how you how you hold the neck and how you hold the pick. Those things are going to be hard to change. And you might not want to change them because then you wouldn't be you. But you can, you can still improve. So the old thing about can you teach an old dog new tricks? Yes, you can teach a dog new tricks. It's just hard to break the old habits. I, I have a dog who has one of those buried wire underground radio fence collar things. Invisible fence, they call it. So the dog has learned when he gets close to the fence, the little thing beeps. And if he goes over it, he gets a little shock. He's learned that. For five years, he has learned that. I can turn the power off to that thing for a month, and he will not cross that line. He's learned it. It's going to be very... If if I just threw the device away, he would probably never leave the yard again. That's the old dog. It's, it's hard to convince him that he can just run free. However, if I went out there, and even though he's an old dog and he has these ingrained habits, if I teach him something completely different, like if I start working with him how to fetch, if I work at it, he can learn to fetch. He can learn something new. And if you're an old dog, you can learn new things. But you might not be able to change your basic subconscious programming that you taught yourself a long, long time ago. So what are some things an old dog can do? Well, you might learn some new songs. You know, you might explore playing a new style of music, kind of expand your boundaries. Do you really have to play Flat and Scruggs tunes at every jam session? You know, 
Maybe check out something new. Maybe find some new people to play with. Maybe try a new instrument. If you've if you've reached, if you're in your 60s or 70s and you've been playing, let's say, the banjo for 30 years, hey, take up the fiddle. Maybe the fiddle would be fun. You know, kind of at that point, you're not really trying to prove anything to the world. But if you want to learn new things, it's perf- you're perfectly capable of learning new things. So maybe you've been playing Scruggs-style banjo. Take up claw hammer. Maybe your mandolin playing is starting to degrade and you just can't keep up like you used to at the jam sessions. Hey, maybe do like I did. Take up the dobro. Completely new animal. And I'm having a blast playing the dobro. I also play bass. That's a possibility too. I mean, if you look at um, somebody like Bill Monroe, listen to his recordings in the early days and then listen to the final, the last year before he died. There was a point when he, he could not do what he used to do. That's okay. That's life. But the old man, he knew things. He, there were things he could do as an old man that he couldn't do as, as a youth. That's true for you too. So in a way, sometimes you have to learn how to accept yourself as is and just relax and enjoy yourself. But you young hot rods, I wouldn't recommend that right now. You have the perfect opportunity if you're just beginning. And you might be 30 years old or 13. But if you're just beginning, get in there and learn to play it. Try to establish those good habits early. And you're going to have a lot of different opinions of what constitutes good habits. I know there's a lot of teachers and Every teacher, you know, wants you to do it his way. I get that. I get that. But pick one of them. See if it's proven. See if it works for you. And if it's not working for you, switch. Try somebody. Try something else. Do all that early. Do all your jumping around from method to method, teacher to teacher. Try all those different picks early, early, early so that you don't develop those bad habits. So that's it for this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found something in there useful to you in your playing. Come over and visit me at bradleylaird.com and you can support the show multiple ways. One way you can support the show is to perhaps buy one of my products. I'm sure there's something there that of interest to you that might help your playing. Or if you're a little hard up for cash, you can always share this show with your friends who play bluegrass music or want to. Thanks for listening.